everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Me Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Hallie, how are you? I'm great. How we are. Uh, I'm, I'm awesome. Sorry, I just cut you off. I'm feeling very like excited and anxious a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's perfect for this conversation that we're going to have because uh, that's why I cut you off because I was just <laughs> really excited to talk into this. Um, but we are jumping into our first session of Consciousness at Work. This is going to be a four-part session, which we'll jump into in a few minutes. But um, we, the reason why we really wanted to bring this to uh, our audience uh, was because a lot of the questions and emails that Hallie and I both get, people in our organization, is, is like, okay, I love what you're saying. I love the kind of the spirituality, consciousness, personal growth. I love that at work. But all of a sudden, I'm in a meeting and I'm getting bad news delivered to me. What do I do? People want to know when my feet are on the ground, how do I act? I'm about to walk into the building. I'm, I'm having a bad day. I'm stressed. I'm feeling anxious. I couldn't sleep last night. So we really want to use some real life examples um, as we break down these four uh, series of what you can do to bring consciousness to work, right? And we're going to explain this. So Hallie, what is work though? What is it? Well, I think when we were prepping for this, you said it's an exchange of energy, yes, right? Yes. And I said, okay, but that's not what we're going to talk about in this, in <laughs> well, this series. But, but that, yeah. that from that book, White Work, um, that, oh, yes. yes, that's yes. what I talk about is in the beginning, yes. like if for 300,000 years as homo sapiens have basically kind of evolved, yep. work has always been a, f- a function of our life, which they describe that as a, an exp- um, expenditure of energy mm-hmm. to generate more energy. Yes, which is a really is a good example. Yes. In our context over this four part <laughs> series, we're going to talk about it like your job, your career. How do you earn an income? This goes for business owners, employees, like when you show up every day to make money. Yeah, I think it's important, too, because um, we're not in a passive environment anymore. We're at, we're leaning into life. We're very active in our, and our audience is very active in their life as well, too. We're just in a stage in our world where we're not hanging out high in the Himalayan mountains um, anymore, you know, just in finding that level of, of peace through the mountains, right? Actually, in one of my email exchanges, um, I had a, an email exchange with um, with Michael Singer. He One of the things he said to me is, he goes, part of your experience that you're going through, he goes, people literally go and travel high into the Himalayan mountains to try to even unlock some of the experiences that I'm going through. And I'm going to share some of the experiences that I'm kind of going through and, and how he wants me to share some of these experiences too, but just at work, how we use these things um, on the ground that we're, that we're using to use business as this conduit for personal growth. Um, so work is, is something that you lean into. It's not, it's, it can be, you know, it can be a bus driver or you can be, delivering mail. You could be FedEx. You could be running a business. You could be a teacher. You could be in law enforcement. You could be military. I mean, the list is endless for humans right now, Mm -hmm. which if you actually think about that right now, um, in, in work, has there ever been so many opportunities for people to go out there and find something that they wanted to do? Right. I mean, the, the opportunities is endless for what yeah, and if kind you can't of job find it, you create it. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you think about even a hundred years ago, how many opportunities were there in, in jobs and we considering a job, right. Or work, mm-hmm. right. Is farming. Yeah. I think farming, maybe doctor farming, lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're really what, what they called like, a, I don't even know if they were called lawyers back then. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, a, like a blacksmith. Yeah, I was going to say black, like trade, trades, trades. Yeah. Railroad. Yeah. But if you think about that, right, I mean, there was what, maybe, I mean, maybe 25, 50 options. 
maybe sure. less. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of guessing out there. I mean, now there's 25 options in one page and there's a million pages of different options if you go on LinkedIn to actually find, right? So it's just pretty interesting mm-hmm. to kind of see how that all unfolds there. So consciousness, because this is all about consciousness at work. So remember the angle that we're going to be referring to here is, is all about using work or consciousness at work. It's the, it's the essence of business meets spirituality. It's this consciousness at work. So first, what, what is even consciousness? And consciousness refers to, this is the kind of definition, right? Refers to your individual awareness of your unique thoughts, memories, feelings, sensations, and environments. Essentially, your consciousness is your awareness of yourself in the world around you. This awareness is subjective and unique to you. So what does that mean to you, Hallie? <laughs> well, I, I'm not even sure if I, I know. I feel like it is a hard concept to explain. I mean, uh, we were listening to that book and it's like, where does your consciousness even exist? Can you point to it? You can't. Is it just a, yeah. is it a feeling? Not really. Is it a thought? It's not really a thought. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, it's an awareness. It's an awareness. Yeah. It's probably the best way. And then there's to that, say that knowing of your awareness. Yes. You know that you are aware of your yes, self. Exactly. And so, and, and well, that's wonderful, right? Because when you're, when you're knowing of yourself, that's the self-realization, right? Mm-hmm. It's even Maslow was talking about that in the fifties, 54, and he came out his hierarchy of needs, right? Can and you that, be conscious without having achieved self-actualization? Yes. You're always conscious. That's the really cool thing about consciousness. Okay. Whether you are awake or not awake, as we refer to that as like people said, you need to wake up, right? We're using that term right mm-hmm. now. We're not talking about physical awakeness. No, not physical yeah. awakeness. <laughs> but when you're actually, so consciousness is, is in itself, right? Is always there. It's always there. Whether you're awake or not, consciousness is always pristine. But it's never not pristine. Aware of your what you have to you, know, awa- you when you become awake, you're aware of your consciousness. consciousness. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Going, yeah. So you see the circle there. Yeah. You can be asleep like as we use the word like in the just, spiritual sense. Yeah, meaning that like you're lost in your mind, you're lost mm-hmm. in your emotions, right? And you can be asleep, but you're still conscious. You're just not aware of your consciousness. Mhm. And so this is where, that's why we want to bring. Which just means that you're not aware of your self. Yes. You're not conscious of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not aware. You can just, whatever word makes sense for you there. You're just not aware of your actual consciousness. It's always there, right? Like you don't go anywhere. In between your emotions, in between your thoughts, there's always this stability or I've heard it, but like the pristine Buddha nature, I've heard it referred to as, right? Which is just, it's pristine. It doesn't, nothing changes it. And that's you, right? That's the you. And then when you become in the physical world, you become aware that you're aware that there's this consciousness that actually does not ever change. And that's who you are. And so then how do you show up at work bringing that level of awareness as a conscious being exactly at work, which is like, which is always your, you know, your being first and then you act second, which all that being means right at work is that I'm aware that I'm this being, and yes, I understand there's all these things that are going to unfold today, right? And they're going to have all, the, the whole gamut of emotions is going to run. And you just let them run because you're not them. And so when people are referring to um, consciousness or waking up, I mean, because it's the term thrown around, it's like, hey, you're going to have consciousness at work, or, you know, you're going to wake up, or, you know, you got to be um, growing more personally, whatever word makes sense, surrender, like acceptance, all these things, what you're actually, all of these are all variations of the same thing. And we're going to use real life examples throughout these four series, um, about what it's, when you're on the ground, how do you actually stay, how do you keep that awareness during 
these activities that want to pull you from that awareness? That, that was where my question was going. If you, if consciousness just is, and it's kind of, it's always there, you may or may not be aware of it, but it's always there. How do you, how does it get, how do you lose it? You don't. But you, when you said you get pulled away from it. Well, you lose the awareness of it. Okay. Remember, you are a consciousness. That is actually you. What you get pulled away from is your awareness of being aware of consciousness is what you lose. You lose your just, you lose the awareness when you get pulled. That's it. It's like, here's a, here's a great example. When somebody gets angry, right? How many times when you get angry, when, so, when you get pulled out of your awareness, because when you're angry, you're not going, oh, I'm a conscious being, right? Yeah. Like you're filled with anger, right? And you're, and you're acting from the anger. And then when all of a sudden you calm down, and you wake back up, I'm just using that same terminology so we can follow the analogy, mm-hmm. you go back to being aware that you're aware and you go, man, I don't know why I acted like that. Does that help for that example? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's literally what people, and they're like, oh man, just, just anger kind of took me over. And one of the things you can see here though, is we, I've said this before, we all have a very preferred place that we want to hang out. It's not the most desirable it's the most preferred place. That's why people, human beings go to that when they feel they need for certainty. Like it could be, I go to angry. I go to angry. <laughs> I get angry or I go to yeah. anger because the reason why that is, is because the sense of control that you need. Mm-hmm. And so if you're playing in the kind of sleeping world or the worldly world, meaning you're playing in the thoughts and the minds and you're always becoming them, there is no certainty right? So therefore you're always trying to find and grasp onto something that brings you certainty. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes we think the negative emotions and negative emotions in that, in that case. But then I think there's a lot of people who um, go to happiness Yes, and there's just, everything's great. Nothing will bother me, but that's just as dangerous as anger. It's irrelevant if you go to anger, if you go to something else, right? Mm -hmm. If they're both based on not you being aware it's like, it's like the, another example of this at work would be that if you go to renouncing, renouncing money versus going after money is the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're still trying to fight something. You're like, I don't need the money. I don't need anything. I'm going to sell everything I have. I'm going to do this. You're renouncing money is the same level of playing field as you going after money. Like it's the same ener- yeah, same energy. energy. If, mm-hmm. if you're renouncing money to try to make yourself feel better. And if you're going after money to try to make yourself feel better, it's the same thing. The same core. Exactly. That's exactly right. Whereas if you, if you just don't happen to have things because you just don't happen to have them or don't care about them, that's completely different than trying to put them away from you. Or conversely at work, if you go after and you achieve money or you achieve things, but you don't need them, that's wonderful too. So you can see how that just, it just goes both ways. And that's the kind of the yin and the yang of work and business. Um, you know, you don't need anything, but you can enjoy everything. And you kind of, whenever it shows up there, it's not, and this is where people, I think get lost. When I say like it just, it just shows up, people instantly go, oh, I'm just going to lay down. And I don't have to do anything anymore. No, no, no. We're not saying that. That's why we're bringing consciousness to work in this relationship. So I want to make sure that we really understand what consciousness is. We'll refer back to this, but it consciousness is you in what, when people refer to, I want to wake up or bring consciousness into work or spirituality into work. I think people use more consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to bring consciousness into work, what that actually means is that I'm actually able to work throughout my day, being aware of my awareness that I'm full consciousness. And why why is that even important? 
well, for it's a great question, right? If, <laughs> well, it is. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, some people don't care about bringing consciousness into yeah. work. Why is it important to us to and to you? Well, it'll 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 remove suffering for human beings for one. I mean, if it, it doesn't matter whether or not somebody's relatively okay now, there is a level of suffering. If they're not playing, if they're not awake, there will be some sort of suffering in their life, just constantly. They can relatively get it okay, but there will be suffering but in their life. Don't conscious beings also suffer? You suffer because you lose your awareness of who you are. Suffering physically from a physical pain is different. That's a pain. Suffering mentally is only because you're fighting your mind or playing with the mind or getting lost in mind. When you are, when you're conscious, it doesn't mean you don't experience things. You're just not suffering psychologically. And that's why when people are awake, they're trying to rearrange people, places, and things. They're trying to work in that world to try to get themselves okay. If they would just take a step back and realize I'm already okay, I'm already okay, and bring that level of awareness that I'm okay, you actually start having clarity to make better decisions at work. No matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, firing somebody or hiring somebody, we're going to give examples of, of both of these, right? And whether or not you're having to have deliver bad news or you're 30 days in and you've lost a bunch of money or you have a lawsuit or you have five people leave you that day, or you're just trying to figure out how to make a decision and you don't know where to start. All of these things like on the ground doing it, how do you lead, how do you use that consciousness that's already, that's so much more powerful than anything that your mind can ever produce? How do you bring that into work? Because when you bring that level of consciousness into work, um, <laughs> you're, you're doing the absolute best that you can in the moment. It may not be always right, but you're doing the absolute best in the moment when you stay clear. You also remove suffering and you also remove any other suffering you could hurt somebody else with. You go into any of these activities, whether you're delivering news or getting news or you're writing a piece of uh, writing an email or writing a content or trying to, you know, repurpose your organization to start making money. If you do that from one of the emotions or from an unwakened state, you're going to, that email is going to be completely different than the email if you brought consciousness into that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's why it's really important at work specifically. And I don't think, you know, I mean, we happen to obviously, you know, be in business. I, but I just think that any employee, employer, business happens to be that for us. Because guess what? In business, most of the day does not go your way. A little rhyme, right? <laughs> but it yeah, doesn't. And, and, and I say that we're like, we, we're like, we're in business, but I mean, everybody works either owns or works for a business. Exactly. Right. In some context. So when we say business, we just mean work. Exactly. Yeah. And even when you own a business, you still work in the business. So you have a job and you have a business income, you have job income and business income. Right. Um, so work is the, you know, expenditure of energy. It's your job. It's your business, which kind of interchangeably use that throughout these four, this four part series consciousness. Hopefully we did a good job of describing that. It's just, and why it's important to bring that into work because of the decreased level of suffering for you, decreased level of suffering or, um, uh, or lack of clarity that you have in dealing with business clients, vendors, the public lawyers, all of that versus bringing in consciousness and, and really acting from that spot. Remember spirituality or consciousness isn't about changing what you do externally it's changing what part of you is doing it and when you really get that you start to understand this consciousness at work thing it's because i may draft an email to my team like this morning right mm -hmm. i drafted an email to my team of providing additional focus yes. right and because i wanted something to change because it, it needs to change right and if i had done that from anger my email would have been different 
right? It would have came out differently. And before I, so before I actually did that, I came in this morning and I was feeling anxious, which I said in the beginning. So I actually stopped for about 90 seconds or two minutes. And I sat in my chair and I literally just breathed. Yeah. I literally did. And I actually did a little bit of a mantra. I did a little bit of a meditation and it just, it just took the bite away. You know, it's actually very interesting that you said, you said that you did that because when I read that email, um, I've seen other of your emails to that same group of individuals that does have a more, um, a stronger, it's going to sting to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tone. And this one did not have that tone. Yes. So that's very interesting, but yet was incredibly clear mm-hmm. and, um, c- clear, concise, very focused, but it didn't have that undertone of, uh, the sting or whatever is yeah. the, the word we want to use there. Well, I'll tell you, as soon as you brought that up, because I'll tell you why I did that though. Mm-hmm. I came in here and I was already anyways, and I was dealing with a lot. Yes. And the first email that I sent to somebody else didn't operate from that way. So okay. I'm not perfect at this. Right. So I sent the email out and literally after I sent the email out, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, I didn't do anything egregious or anything bad. No, but it's I like just, a little bit more of aggressive ex- exactly. tone. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, okay, before I send any more emails, I need to pause and make sure I'm clear. Mm-hmm. So that's that awareness coming into play. That's like awareness. I realized that I wasn't really operating from a clear sense and I could Mm. feel it. And I said, before anything else happens, I need to center myself. I need to be clear. I need to bring that consciousness into it. Because just like all of you, there's a thousand things competing at you right now, right? And the first email I sent out, I go, I was like, oh, that might've been a little aggressive. I'm not going to send any more emails. I'm just going to pause and just take 90 seconds to maybe like three minutes, just sit there and just breathe. And I, and if you're sitting there going, well, I have three minutes, I got to do something. I got to write another email. You, that is, this is a great example of bringing this into work. It is much better to pause and take 60 seconds or two minutes and breathe and allow the, the kind of energy that's, you know, building up inside to subdue itself mm-hmm. to really, and the more you work on this, by the way, the easier you'll recognize when you're out of balance. If there's just a hint of, of disturbance going on. I can feel it. And just like you, just like you get better at everything, right? It's just years of meditation and practice of being aware of this oh, yeah, stuff. I was going to say paying attention and to it. Paying yeah. attention to it and really learning it and paying attention and failing and learning and paying attention. So I recognize that. And so I said, I just need to pause for a second. And so it's just really clear that you do it. So we're not, you're not going to get it perfect. But the thing is, is the minute you recognize it, you have to, you have to take action on it. And that's bringing consciousness to work right there. That's in that moment where you can pause and before you do anything else. Sometimes br- I was going to say bringing action to it actually means stopping. Exactly. Sometimes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and in fact, in another example of even just mourning, um, there was a lot that I just needed to kind of work through in my head. And before I did this, I just needed to talk to you, Hallie, for like 20 minutes to get out of there, to clear it, to be able to do this podcast properly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I just chatted with you for a few minutes. Yeah, I, I knew you. That's what you were doing. But I was just trying <laughs> to get out of there. But I, I knew that it would, it would, I wouldn't be in the, the best frame of mind that I can put myself into. I don't know how I'm going to do. You guys can decide that. But like the point is, is just you always want to put yourself in the best situation to come from the most clarity that you can. And that's bringing consciousness to work, right? And every moment we all have those opportunities. It's just right in front of us if we want to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't want to stop to do the work. So part of this is when you're listening to this, this isn't, there isn't like a seven step process that's going to make this easier for you. You're going to have to put a lot of work in, but I want you to hopefully start being aware because whether you believe anything that Hallie and I tell you over the next four, four weeks or you don't is irrelevant. Our goal here is to point awareness to you so that you then start going, 
wonder what happened if I did just take a moment here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you feel and you know, you're like, wow, actually, you know what? The outcome actually turned out better. Huh, this right. is or really that interesting. Or you maybe... Uh, Pay attention to that disturbance. Yes. One time rather yes. than just ignoring it. Yes. It's funny you said that there's no like seven step process. All I could think of when you said that was, yeah, the process is stop, pause, yeah, slow down, pause, <laughs> breathe, slow down. Yeah. It's just like literally the exact opposite of the way my brain works. Yes. Um, so it'll be well, good for me. <laughs> and it's also even the, the Dalai Lama refers to this as his sacred pause. When he wrote his book, The Book of Joy, um, when Desmond, uh, Bishop, Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond, Desmond Tutu, Tutu. Yeah. Uh, when he, when he wrote that book, they, uh, he talked about his sacred pause cause somebody asked him, they said, do you ever get frustrated? And he goes, yes, for a second. Mm-hmm. But I think that's important for people to hear because when somebody, when, some, when life doesn't go your way or in that moment, when you hear the news, you're going to get disturbed but it's how long does that fester in for you? And do you give it energy? And so what he means by that sacred pause is exactly what you just described, Hallie. Before he responds, he takes a moment, he calls it the sacred pause to allow that energy that just disturbed him to get through. And then he can respond with clarity. That is consciousness at work. His work is to communicate. Right. And I was going to say that there's so, I mean, I do this often, hopefully not as much as I used to, but um, some other, other people, myself included, will keep, would keep that frustration or whatever and never pause and just keep pushing through. Cause that's exactly. what I was conditioned to do. Yes. And then it's two months later and I'm still feeling the same way because yes. I never actually dealt with it. Exactly. And I could have just paused for 60 seconds instead of waited two months. I was working through somebody earlier this week with a challenge and, um, they said, you know, I didn't even want to get on this call today because they were working through a lot of personal and business stuff. Business is kind of personal growth, right? And they were working through a lot of stuff and they, and they basically said, I almost didn't get on this call because I didn't want to do it. And I said, here's the thing. I said, if you want to consciously distract yourself, um, and, and, and not talk about this, I'm fine. We can go and we can talk about, and we can distract ourselves in business. Do you want to do that? But I said, just understand if you do that, I want you to do it consciously. I want you to understand that you're consciously distracting yourself. And if you're doing that, just know that you're going to have to come back and do this work. Well, yeah. And I was going to say that situation, it might've been in fact a distraction, but it almost reminds me of almost what you did too. You weren't actually when before this podcast, you weren't distracting yourself. You just needed a minute to get centered and you maybe weren't quite ready to have the conversation yet. I don't know if that was the case for that, that particular client, but um, as long as you're doing it consciously, whether it's a conscious distraction or conscious, um, I need to just have this quick conversation or, or whatever it is. Yeah. And this goes for, as long as it's conscious. Exactly. That's the thing. If you want to go consciously distract yourself with wine, do it consciously. Right. I mean, I heard, I mean, I love sharing this because every time I share it, people are like, oh, I feel so good to hear that Eckhart Tolle drinks wine. <laughs> like, it's like the, the funniest thing. I'm like, well, why wouldn't he? he just enjoys it. There's, if you actually study spiritual masters, many of them did things that were crazy. I like, mean, some of them smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. Some of them were on peyote and taking mushrooms and crazy stuff. Some of them were not right. So just, they're just doing different things. The point is, I don't know if they're actually consciously taking peyote or what they were doing back in that era. It's different eras. I don't know them. But yeah. my point is like when, when Eckhart Tolle said that, he's like, yes, I, I drink a couple of glasses of wine or a glass of wine when, when, I, when I want to. And I consciously decide when to and I consciously decide when not to. I'm now allowing, I'm never allowing it to be an escape for me and without me being aware of it. Right. Or not doing it mindlessly. Exactly. And so the same thing, whether it's like an edible, whether it's wine, whether it's exercise, whether it's work, Work. (laughs) whether it's a book, none of those things. If you're doing it to distract yourself, that's fine. I'm not saying don't do that. I mean, I do that, right? Mm -hmm. Just do it consciously. Sometimes I'll sit down and I'll go, you know what? I really want to have a glass of wine. And and I, I know that I may be doing it a little bit to distract myself, 
but I'm okay with one. Well, and I'm also like, is it a distraction or is it like, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm going to consciously have this glass of wine to relax or whatever. You know, it's part of it sometimes is, is that, um, I think that when you know, like when you have that energy disturbance inside and you want to use like wine as a way to kind of settle down the disturbance, that's when I want you to be conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. I read this book one time that I don't know if this applies or not, but it was talking about how there's in the, like the whole self-care movement, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between self-care activities and coping mechanisms. Mm, And it is a fine line, but there's definitely, because somebody could be using wine as, as self-care. Yeah. If done consciously, somebody could be using wine as a coping mechanism. It's a very good way of saying it. That's the same thing. There's that subtle difference. And all of this is, guess what? It's the awareness around everything you're doing. That's, consciousness at work right. is the awareness of why you're doing something. And I was going to say, insert whatever you want to use exactly. in, for wine, right? Exactly. Work or it doesn't food matter. or yes. exercise, Pe- whatever. People do it a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. There's some times when I'm, I'm feeling energy. I'm like, I just need to go for a run. And I know that I'm going out there to kind of diffuse. And that's being mature though. I heard Michael Singer say that one time. He goes, understand on your journey, you're going to have to be mature. We're not all going to be there tomorrow. Mature in terms of your spiritual maturity. Yeah. And he's like, so if at work you're having a tough time and you're feeling it bubble up, don't go yell at somebody. Go yell outside in the woods. Mm -hmm. Go for a run. Right. Whatever. That's what he means by that is like, do it consciously and be mature about it. Right. Um. So there's like conscious versus kind of mindless, mm-hmm. right? That's actually you, a good way of saying it because if you just go mindlessly drink, that's when they can right. just, you're, you're trying to escape trying to be aware. That's the wrong purpose. Well, of doing I'm, that. Yeah. And so what, it, well, what it makes me think is that there's all, people often also use the word mindful, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering how you feel about that word. Um, I know what they mean. They, I think when people use it, they often mean conscious. Yes. But then to me, I'm also like, we always talk about you're not your mind. Yeah. So how can you be mindful if you're not your mind? I think it all depends on how you want to describe it. I think in the first phase of a lot of things, you need to get your mind in order sure. before you can start okay. actually being aware of your consciousness. Which is actually a great example because I, um, <laughs> this is just funny um, from when, I don't know, it was like seven years ago when we had the whole video series that we did called Mind Spark. Yeah. And a lo- seven, eight years ago, whatever yeah. it was, and all of our conversations revolved around you know, making the mind. Okay. I was going to say very simple terms, controlling the mind. Yes. And yes. it's interesting to see how now I'm like worried about using the word mindful. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, that's why visualizations that some, they're, they're all techniques. Controlling the mind is a wonderful technique at the stage that you need to or use controlling it. your thoughts, whatever you, yeah, you exa- want to exactly. Yeah. It's just like training wheels are a great asset at a stage, mm-hmm. but they're not an asset. Once you learn how to ride a bike. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, having a, you know, a driver sitting next, or, you know, having a you know a teacher sitting next to you, helping you drive is a great asset when you don't know how to drive, but you don't need them once you know how to drive. Mm-hmm. So there's just, there are techniques designed to get you to the next evolved level, right? And that's why techniques, by the way, can trap us. We've talked about techniques before. Mm-hmm. We're kind of getting off topic a little bit, but like, yeah. but it's, 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 you can just be careful in techniques, but there are, so mindfulness. Well, as I was going to say, because we're going to talk about some yes, techniques we in are. this four-part series. The, well, the thing is, is it's cool though, is that the way you brought it up is, um, well, when you're, when you're mindful, you're, what you're doing is you're working at the level of the mind to get it better. For me, it was, it was visualization. 
was the first step. Mm-hmm. That is using the mind to visualize something else and what is there. And by the way, a mantra is the same thing. It's a word. And a mantra is not a high state, but what it does, it gets you from thinking about your mind. It keeps you from your mind going ballistic all the time. That's what all you're doing is you're just, you're relatively getting okay and you are concentrating your mind. That's what being mindfulness is versus the mind grabbing you and then allowing it to circulate its own thoughts and you're just paying attention to those. Instead, when you're mindful, you're directing the mind to think about something else, like an affirmation, like a mantra. And then how is that different than consciousness? Well, because consciousness, you're aware that the mind does it. Okay. So it's one step removed from that. And when you're in consciousness is like, I see the mind, it does this little thing. I'm not even going to play with it. It's just, it's just, right. it's just a thought producing or I need to do that. The thing is, even with need, the word need or problem, like I don't think there are problems, but you can use it in context as long as there's no energy behind it. Right. So the words are just words. Yeah. They, they're fine because they use them to, but I love words. I know me too. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. They're all pointers. They're wonderful words that are there. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to, so first what is work consciousness? I think we've kind of dived into that. And I want to just understand that these four series is really diving into using that directly related to work, right? So what are we going to talk about in the four-part series? Well, in this first episode, again, we're talking a lot about just consciousness what and work. What does it mean? How do you bring all of that together? How do you bridge that gap between work and consciousness and bringing spirituality into the workplace or using work and business as a way to elevate your spirituality? Um, the second session, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome, the ego, and letting go. Session three, part three, will be about conscious communication and decision-making at work. And part four will be all about conscious leadership. Awesome. Excited. Um, so I want to jump into the first one is about why is important and, and, and what does that even mean? Like, what is conscious network? And, and let me, and from my standpoint, what you're going to hear throughout these four sessions from Holly and I is different variations of saying the same thing. You'll see the theme, but we want to use different examples so you can, you can, it can resonate it, but it's going to come back to a, the same similar answer. But this is most people, for most people, what is work? We talked about it's a job, it's a career, but really work is a place that they go to try to make themselves better because they have a problem. And so then they go and use work as a way to fulfill a need that they have. And so instead of going and contributing, they're going to get, they're going to make them, they're trying to get something from work instead of actually using work as the way we would see it unconsciously, which means you're actually showing up and contributing and serving. Well, okay. So at a very basic level, people have jobs mm-hmm. to make money. Yeah. The jobs are relevant. Okay. Keep going. Well, I'm just saying like, I know, I know that there's more to it than just that. Right. And we're going to talk about that, but the only reason, I mean, not the only, but yeah, in general, people have a job and they go to work to make money. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, it, that is an exchange of energy. Yes, it is. And, right. and, and that's, My time yeah. for money. Yeah. And that's actually perfectly fine, right? Yes. There's nothing wrong with the mechanics of what you're doing at work. So it doesn't matter if you own a business, you're a baseball player, or you're a librarian. It doesn't matter. There's, it's irrelevant. And then, yes, you, you're, you do work and you're rewarded financially that you can use those things. We're not talking about that. That's actually put that to the side. Yes. Those are important Which is the parts. only reason I wanted to bring it up. So that's... Yes, thank you. We put just, it to the side. Put it, to put the it on the, side. the shelf. Yes. Yeah. I'm not... It, you could be paid $100 million a year or $30,000 a year. 
there, I can give you examples of both. Some people are extremely happy. Some people are extremely not happy, right? So, I mean, yes. it doesn't, that doesn't matter in terms of it relates to consciousness. So I want to put that aside of what the yes. job is or how much money you're making. Yeah. I, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, I was know. just going to say the only reason I brought up was because you had people go to work to, to, um, in, to get something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They do. Yeah. Well, money. well, well but you're right. Let's put that aside. Let's put this aside. Yeah, they're right. There's a contractual piece of work that they need yeah. money to be able to do this thing. Yeah. The way I'm referring to this is. I'm con- not going to come to work and not get paid. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I mean. <laughs> Actually, I know. Sometimes. And then I'm like, then, damn, really? Maybe yeah. I would. Cause yes, I, yes, yeah, you would. I would. Um, I mean, in fact, I have many times yeah. before, but anyways, so you, you do can show up to go to work. That's not everybody. So let's just, again, put that aside. What Correct. I'm referring to is people you see work as a way to fix themselves. And so they go get lost in work. They have to go, if they set, if they have a, if they have a, a sense of, I need to be belong to something, they go and they, and this is going to be good, right? So walk through this. They're using work as a way to make themselves feel better. Or feel something. Or feel whatever it is. Whatever they're, it they're is, actually, yeah. they're going to work as an escape from not having to do the real work. They're actually using work as a way to hide. And so not having to actually do the work that's there themselves. That's why people go to work and they'll go, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go bury my head in work and I don't actually have to go deal with this over here because this is more important anyways. It's, right. But, um, completely unintentionally and unconsciously. Yeah. Unconsciously. Yeah. That's why we're bringing yeah. consciousness to work. Yes. Yeah. People are unconsciously going about and trying to fulfill the desire of the ego. And the ego says, you need to have more money. You need to have a better job. You need to go get this position. You need to, you know, I can't believe they would say that to you. You need to do this. Right. Or volunteer for every single committee so that you have some sort of significance. Yeah. Yes. And, and so work is be a, a martyr at work. So at, at, the, at the end of the day, from this level that we're referring to work is a way that people go to try to make themselves feel better because they're not, they have a problem, which the problem is they're not already aware or conscious. And so they use work as this distraction. They use work as a way to, um, to, to feel power. They use work as a way to feel, um, validated. They use work as a way. And by the way, if you actually, or they use work for inspiration, use work for motivation, they use work to gain something. Those are actually, if those come to you, there's nothing wrong with them. But if you're here's, this is the, always going to go back to this. If you're doing it because you're not already feeling that, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. When you are conscious, you're aware that you don't need any of that. But when they open, something opens you up and somebody is telling you how wonderful of a job you did. You just accept it in that moment and you move and you're like, wonderful. It opened you up. You feel great. You give them a hug, whatever you do. Conversely, if somebody comes in there and gives you criticism about what they're doing and not everyone's going to be as, as far along as you are listening to this. And so they may deliver it in a way that's not great. And you still give them a hug and well, you may not give them a hug, but you say mm-hmm. wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if it bothers you, you use that as a way to let go. That's why when we really refer to business as a conduit for personal growth, this is what we mean. This is the rubber hits the road here. You're not using work as a way to distract yourself. You're not using work to get something to personally make yourself feel better. But we, but we are using work to grow. Yeah. Well, work is grow because what you're doing when I say growth is that you're getting rid of the part of you that needs something from work. That is the whole purpose of it is when you self-realize, you self-realize I actually don't need anything, but I'm going to enjoy all of this. You may go build a billion dollar business. You may not. Right. But you're, you're using it to get rid of a part of you. 
and you're using it as when I say growth and when we're really defining it at this level that businesses, what that is, is you're actually using every part. The examples I gave earlier when I wasn't, I needed to, I'm using that as a way to liberate, right? To get clarity on this. And every time you do that, you're no longer held by the bounds of the mind as strong as it was before. And so you use this, you use work as a way to get rid of the part of you that needs something from work. What would it be like, right? I'm not just like some utopia world, but what if you just showed up and you actually didn't need anything from work? Like, yes, you can still get paid. I understand the mechanics of the mm-hmm, principles mm-hmm. of work. I understand. Put that aside. But what would you actually do? Like, how would you actually show up? Would there actually be a, in that, in that space, would there actually be a problem? If you didn't no. need it? Yes, that's exactly right. In that space, I know you can go there. Mm-hmm. If there actually wasn't anything you needed from it, then there wouldn't be a problem. There would be challenges. There'd be things you have to overcome, but there'd be a lightness to your work. There'd be a lightness to your life. And, and by the way, it may mean that you work 24 hours in a day. It may not. So we're not putting any limits on those things. It just means that you're showing up to contribute and do what you need to do because the world is asking you and it's always going to be right there in front of you what you need to do. So when we talk about using work as this growth mechanism, what you're really doing is you're using all of the, the issues that show up. And they, when I say show up, meaning they hit you defensively, they position your energy in a negative state. They make you angry or jealous or irritated or frustrated or even anxious about trying to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. All of that is saying, Hey, you got a problem inside. Let's get rid of this. If you, if you didn't have that problem, it wouldn't show up because there's plenty of things that you, that go by 99.9% of the things that happen every day. You're not bothered by, are you bothered by the person that's getting fired next door? Mm-mm. doesn't even cross your mind. <laughs> wouldn't even know about it. You wouldn't even know, but it just doesn't even do anything. So that's, that's the point is that it's only you. So life makes it feel personal because of the stuff you're trying to get rid of. So when something happens and you're going, oh, this is happening to me. No, it's not happening. It's just life happening. You bring in the physicist, the engineer, the psychologist, anyone, they'll tell you all the reasons why those things happen. Had nothing to do with you. Yes, you're experiencing it now because your shadow went on there or your flashlight happened to shine on there and you happen to look and see that happen. And then when it bothers you, you go, oh, that's business giving this opportunity to grow. So yeah. the, the thing is, is that's, that's what work is not a place. So if you're actually are feeling uninspired about something, that is, it doesn't mean you don't feel it. Right. It just means that there's some work that you get to do now. Yeah. So as you're saying all that, it made me think of something I've been feeling and experiencing for the past month or so, which you're well aware of, um, at work. So we um, haven't had an executive assistant for about a month, Mm -hmm. which means that I am also now the executive assistant. And it's preventing me as it should, because the executive assistant has, there's so many immediate needs that need to be dealt with to, for the business to operate. So that's where about 80 to 90% of my focus has been, which meant means that my projects and things I've been working on as chief of staff have uh, been put on the back burner. And so I'm feeling uh, like uninspired, unmotivated, kind of just treading water, just kind of slogging through I don't feel as creative, but is, and I'm attributing that to work and saying work, solve my problems. But how would you answer that? Well, with what you know now, what would you, how would well, you Well, I'm that? like, well, it's obviously just my problem and I need to work um, internally because if I 
if I just show up as an inspired creative being every day, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, but then I always go back to my other previous conversations we've had, which is, um, but different people's nature and behavior are be- better suited to some things other than, than others, right? Mm-hmm. Like you chose to be a business mm-hmm. owner and not a uh, teacher. Yes. Yeah. For a reason, mm-hmm. as did I. Mm-hmm. So where's that, yeah. where's that difference lie? Because I'm certainly feeling those. And you know, what's funny is before this all happened, I was like on a high, mm-hmm. I was like in my flow. I'm like, I could be doing, I could do this job until I die mm-hmm. until my physical body dies. <laughs> and I was like, I could just be doing this and I wouldn't even care if I got paid or not. I was just yeah. like in it. I'm perfect. Mark that. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I mean, honestly, yeah, like no, sometimes yeah. I really feel that yeah. way. And, and yet this, and then this external event happened at work and it derailed me Yes. and I feel totally different. And I, and definitely struggling through that right now. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. Well, well, two things. The the first time, the minute that happens, right? Because you feel that, that is your opportunity. It doesn't mean you have to accept the situation long-term, but mm-hmm. you have to accept the situation now. Mm. And so that's the first thing. It doesn't mean you make, you don't take action to change it. In fact, we hire an executive assistant. They start next week, mm-hmm. right? So, and we're making other hires to even get more stuff off your plate. So it's not mm-hmm. that you're not doing anything, but the reason why most people start feeling uninspired or unmotivated, or even when they use the word stressed yeah. is because they're resisting something. Remember the only way stress can show up in your life. Stress in itself is the resistance of some force. So if you have stress bodybuilding or lifting weights, you put a big weight up there and you're using your muscles to, to push it up and it's causing stress in your muscle fibers mm-hmm. and tear them down and they get rebuilt, right? It's the same thing here. Stress occurs in somebody's life and business because they're actually resisting what is. It doesn't mean that you don't take massive action to change it, but the first thing you have to always do is go, and I talked about this to our CEOs yesterday, right? You have to accept exactly what's happening right now. Okay. I was literally just going to ask you, what am I resisting? Yes. You're resisting resisting what you're having to do. That I'm not, have not accepted. Yes. Because your mind is going, I should be doing this. Correct. But you're having to do this. So you're resisting. And I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And we're losing opportunities. And you know, my mind is going like that all day. And it's pulling you more and more to be unconscious. Interesting. And so as it pulls you more and more unconscious, you're getting more and more frustrated that you're doing it. Yes. Because your first week was like, not that bad, but then it's the, then the mind starts chattering and it's caught you and now it's pulled you into it. And I start comparing, I'm comparing this to other people. Exactly. How come they're doing this and the one over here, you Mm -hmm. start to feel that your worth isn't there. Every, you start every single thing. I I know everything can go down that way. (laughs) Yeah. It's because you start listening to that mind and it pulls you out of that. And and I keep, and I keep some of my self-talk is like, we're okay. We're going to make a hire. It's almost, we're almost at the end of the line. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But yet I actually haven't accepted that this is where I am right now. Yes. And that's the thing for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always accept this moment. And then the question I love to do, especially in work, is what is actually wrong with this moment? That's such a good question. Because there's nothing wrong with this moment. Correct. Yeah. Nothing. For 99.99, if, let me just rephrase this. If you can actually ask that question, mm-hmm. there's 99.99% chance that there's nothing wrong with the moment. Mm-hmm. If you're being chased by a bear or in a car accident, you're not going to actually ask the question. Right, Because right. you're dealing with what's wrong. But right? as we're st- standing here doing a podcast in this beautiful office, Ex- we can ask the question. Exactly. That's exactly right. And even, even something you have to do. So if you have to do something that you're not happy about, the only reason why you're not happy about it is because the mind told you that you weren't happy about it. Mm-hmm. So consciousness is being aware that the mind is saying that, but that's not actually true. 
And so conscious awareness means that I recognize the mind is trying to pull me because that's what it does. And as soon as it'll pull, by the way, it also, when you're really flowing in life, sometimes it, it, it can also pull you in other directions too. Um, but if something opens you up in business, it's wonderful. Open it up. But when something closes, you ask the same question that you do when it opens you up. Why did this open me up? Cause I got what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why when I, I asked that question to our project, you participants, I said, you ever wonder why when you get, just literally actually not like just rhetorically asked it and go on there, like sat down and actually said, why do I feel good when I get what I want? Because you got what you want. Because the, and, and what does that even mean? It means that the mind said, if you go and get this, because what you want is only mound, is only mind created. Yeah, I was going to say it's just a construct of your mind. Yes, yeah. that is. So mindfulness or waking up or consciousness at work is recognizing that. Does consciousness mean that you don't have any wants? They're not wants that way. Okay. They're not needs. They're not needs. What's the difference between need and want? Uh, probably nothing. Okay. The, the, okay. The, the, that's what the whole thing is. There's, there is no need. Right. Right. Okay. But it doesn't mean you don't enjoy it. When you still can't, like what we talk about is that we still, you, it doesn't mean that you still can't create or imagine and, uh, here's then, a, and then get to work exactly. on whatever that is. Here's a great example that people can hopefully bring in and relate to this at work. If you, when you first fall in love with your partner or a dog or whatever it is that you fall in love with, right? You can fall in love with a lot of stuff. You're head over heels in love, Right. Would it really matter what you're actually doing at work that moment? No. It doesn't. When you're in that state, it doesn't actually matter what you're doing because you're so inside, you're feeling such euphoric highs that it doesn't matter what you're doing. You don't need anything from work and you're showing up because you're, you have a different problem because you're now addicted to the person. That's a whole other series that we're going to do. But what it is, is uh, my point in this is that you have so much energy running through you joy, love, peace, enthusiasm, all high states of consciousness, mm-hmm. they're running through you that it doesn't actually matter what you're doing. You're just in such a good state. You're such a, the problems can show up. That's ah, no problem. Cause I'm going to go home and I'm just, it's just so amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, as you were saying that I'm thinking, well, some people, and I think I, I, this was me years ago, got that same euphoric feeling of love mm-hmm. from work. Yes. And which can all, there's a, pros and cons to everything, right? Which then meant it didn't matter what else was happening in my life because I had all of that feeling from work. Exactly. It's the same thing. So if you're using work to make yourself feel better, so if work opens you up because something did, that's wonderful. But if work opened you up because you needed to be open up to feel better, that's different. Well, right. And it's funny because it didn't at first, it was just like, whoa, this is what can, it can feel like to actually really love what you're doing and whatever. But then it became a need. Yes. And an addiction. Well, what it, yeah, it became an addiction. The need was, I, I, I know that if I go to work, I can feel this way. Right. That's what I talked about with people. People go to their preferred state. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say most people see work as this, a, a place to fill the need. Yes. They have a need that I'm not okay, and I go to work to fill it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it can be validation. It can be security. It can be certainty. It can be all of these things. Frankly, I did that for mm-hmm. a long time. I mean, there's still a part of me that wants yeah, to be I mean, validated. I was going to say, let's be honest. But I still like, do that. But yeah, I mean, well, no, we do, but we were much more aware of it. I was going to say, I'm very aware of it. And that's part of using businesses as conduit for it because you become more aware, more aware. And then slowly you just start to like not need as much. And you, you just, you could have, you know, a, it, you could have challenges. It doesn't mean that while somebody's delivering the news to you that you may not feel it. The difference is as you feel it, you're able to go, there it is. Let me breathe through this and let me move on. And then you, then you, then you deal with the situation, right? If you have to fire somebody, which will get in the communication, you have to deal with it. 
I mean, you're making a thousand decisions a day in business. The thing is, you don't ever want to be making any of these decisions from not a sense of clarity. Because when you do, you're not, yes, you still may succeed, but you're not succeeding at the highest level possible. You actually haven't matched what you're doing in life with life. Because when you're operating from consciousness, consciousness is life. It makes up everything. And so when you match that consciousness up with consciousness of you, that is when your interaction, that harmony with life occurs. Not when you match what the need is for the job. And this is where so many people, you got to do something that you love. You got to do something... I get what they're saying. I do. And I, and I, and I subscribe to it if it's saying in the, in the right form. Like how would you, like what comes to mind for me is that you need to do something that is in alignment with who you really are. Yes, exactly. Or with your true nature or. Yes, exactly. When yes. you're lying, li- cause everyone has a Dharma. We have a, yeah. and that's part of your if behavior. If I really did what I would, I love, I would just read books all day. Yeah. Well, you may be, but then you would, yeah, you could, but then you'd want to create because you have these higher states. Then you want enthusiasm. It's why people that have all the money in the world keep working. There's part of that's a need, but part of these are people that are high spiritual people. They realize that like, Hey, I'm just also contributing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I think a great example of this would be like Phil Jackson, right? He's a very spiritual individual and he brought a lot of spirituality and consciousness into his basketball team. And then when he was done, he's still doing things. He actually wrote a book to help share some of the principles of consciousness, if you will. He doesn't refer to it as quite as much as that, but he's very spiritual in his book. And so that's just another way of like, Hey, I've got all this stuff. Now I want to create, he didn't need the money. He didn't need the money to write a book but he wanted to share it. He wanted to create it. My spiritual teacher, by the way, he said, you, you emailed me and he said, does this guy not know everything? Right. Cause it was yeah, just funny. Yeah. There's a, is there nothing that he can't do? Exactly. Yeah. But one of the things that fascinated with him is when he, he was a high, well-paid, um, doctor, doctor. Mm-hmm. and he stopped all that because that was just, he had this, this, his desire, the nature's desire. I'm gonna use that word for it. Nature's desire, not a mind desire. Right. So when you use desire, it depends on where it's originating from. If it's originating from ego, then that's a wrong desire. If it's a desire is originating from nature, like matching it, that's different. And as that showed up there, he actually started working with his hands and creating these wonderful wooden baskets and uh, bowls, bowls and a whole bunch of stuff, and trays, yeah. and he's been selling them all over. Yeah, yeah. they are. He goes, I was like, dude, have you ever done this before? He goes, never. When he first started doing it, he's like, I never, I didn't even know I could do it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I could do it. Then all of a sudden one day it was just, I saw this one. I started working on it. Next thing I know, I just love, I just, I'm just in it. This is after he went through his transcendental yes, meditation, exactly, yes. teaching, and, and training. And now he's lot, like, a, yes, exactly. Yeah. And did a lot of that. So that's what, um, Wait, and can we also just mention that he also does training? Yes, he does. Yeah. He trades stocks. Yeah. And is into, um, cryptocurrencies and yes. stuff like that. I'm just like. Literally, he knows everything. Yes. And he's one of the first things he's like, you know, and he's very intelligent. Yes, super and intelligent. Yeah, he's good at it. Yeah, he is because he's in line with it. But yeah. he's never, he's not doing, he's not trading because he needs to. Right. He's trading because he's just, he didn't want to understand it. He enjoys it. Yeah. That's like Eckhart Tolle. I'm not drinking a glass of wine because I need to. By the way, Eckhart Tolle drinks coffee every morning because people are like, oh, if you're spiritual, you should be drinking coffee. I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's a spiritual concept that somebody has developed about what a spiritual person looks like, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's what you do for everything else. So instead of getting, you should get rid of that spiritual context and just understand like maybe people like coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Like I like keeping my car clean. I don't keep it clean. So Hallie one day goes down there and looks at it and it's clean. I enjoy keeping my car clean. It's not, I don't do it for anybody else. I just do it because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same type of thing. If you, en- if you enjoy running, you enjoy any of those things, you enjoy reading books, all that stuff. So again, work for most people, they have a need from the ego and they use work as a way to satisfy that need. The problem with that is it's never ending. 
There's a never-ending desire from the ego that will never let up if you play that game. And I'm, I'm, everyone's listening can resonate with that because they they're probably somewhere in their life where they if they said 20 years ago that if I had gotten here that it would be amazing and now you're here going I need to get there. Mm-hmm. That's because it's an insatiable desire that can never ever be fulfilled for more than a couple hours or a day or two days right? Or a month, maybe give it a month. It's like when you buy a new car, mm-hmm. right? You buy a new car, you're so excited about it. And 30 days later, after everyone's seen it and you're stuck with a car payment <laughs> and, and most people are going, why don't I even have this thing? And, but if you love cars and you afford it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Great. But you're not doing it to make yourself look good. I always explain like people that I don't have fancy cars, but like I, I love vehicles. I like cars, but people that drive a Lamborghini or a ver- like a Porsche or whatever, right? If those people are driving it, to show the world who they are, they drive it differently. They show up differently in it. Yeah. If somebody's driving it because it's such a cool car and look at this thing and they show up differently in the car and you know the difference. Yeah, I was going to say, my brother-in-law is a car guy. And so, I mean, I visit my sister frequently yeah. and every time I'm there, there's a new car. Yeah. But he get you know, he just loves cars. Yeah. And so he'll go to, he'll go and he'll buy one. I think he's like buying the new Corvette. I think there's a new Corvette or something coming out. Yeah. So he's going to, he'll literally have that car for like, Three months. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll yeah. move on to like, um, uh, a vintage truck. Yeah. And then he'll move on to something yes, else. It's just yeah. a piece of art. Like yeah. it's the same thing with houses for me. Like I love creating ha- So work for me can also be a house, right? Like I love creating houses and selling them. People don't understand. I don't know how you do that. Well, I love creating things. Yeah. Right? I love creating that. So it's just part and of you what, weren't in. Yeah. I was going to say, not you're, not, to you're not building it so you can show everybody exactly. this house, this big, beautiful house that you built, and then you're going to live there for 30 years. Yes, exactly. And, and, this, and so it's the same thing at work. So work is a place where people go to solve a need. And so that's why we use business when, when the need isn't being met in your example, when you're feeling that, then you go, okay, what is life trying to give to me now? Because remember the astral body, the, the part of the body that distributes kind of emotions, it kind of makes you feel that way is actually trying to go, okay, Hallie, this is a great example. Here's business giving you this opportunity to let this go. I haven't learned my lesson yet. Well, yes. <laughs> and that's why they keep showing back up. Yeah, maybe that is because true. we have to, it's, it's, it's almost like it doesn't talk to you in language. That's why people don't yeah. get it. And we're like, so what fixated on language. Well, you need to let, you need to accept. Okay. And when you I'll accept, the let go will actually happen. Okay. And then every time that it starts to show up again, it doesn't mean again that you don't make the hires to get out of this. Sure, right. In, in my experience, and I heard Michael Singer talk about this, who sold this company for $3 billion, right? He said, the people that have actually operated from the level of conscious ended up getting all of the positions that everyone wanted because you're operating from such a, but they're not doing it at a need. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're in sales and you need to make a sale, how desperate do you feel? So you don't end up getting the sale. Right, right, right. Yeah, because clients know that. Yes, they, they feel. Or if you do, it's like rushed and trying to get through there, right? Yeah. Whereas if you don't need the sale, how many sales do you get? A lot. Exactly. It's the yeah. same thing at work. So when you don't need something from work, you actually enjoy it a lot more. And therefore, and then. And then you actually a, climb the get, ranks. Get you a get lot more. more thing. And then you want to give yes. more back. And then you. Yeah. Exactly. It becomes a virtuous cycle. So it's sure. the counterintuitive to how we were almost trained to think about these things or how we're actually doing that. So that is consciousness at work. 
So we have covered a lot today. We've covered, just to kind of recap, we've talked about what work is, expenditure energy, actually like what we're referring to in these four cases, kind of defining that. We've talked a lot about what consciousness is and hopefully gave you some clear examples of there and how this kind of shows up at work. Why, what people, what work is for most people, again, the need to solve a problem that's in there. For me, and I know for Hallie, which is why she's willing to do this with us, is that we use work as this opportunity to work on ourselves, to grow ourselves. Hence, business is a conduit for personal growth. Business meets spirituality. This has been a thesis in my life of just, I've always wanted to lean into work and I've always wanted to be in building and growing, but at the same time, I didn't want to lose touch with who I was. Right. And so then therefore, I kind of haphazardly kind of walked into this realizing that, huh, I'm in business and guess what? There's a lot of opportunities to work on yourselves, to grow on yourselves. And how they gave a wonderful example. I gave an example about the email. And it can be small examples like I give in the in the 30 seconds that you take, 90 seconds that you take to take a deep breath and, and breathe and meditate. Or the example that Hallie gave where you kind of builds over a couple of weeks and you have to kind of stop for a second. But no matter where you're at, the point of this first session is to start being aware of how you're using work. And if there is stress around your work, you're resisting something that you're doing. And so the first thing that you want to do if you're resisting something you're doing is to accept. The acceptance will bring the clarity that you need to start moving you down the road so you actually have more lightness, more clarity, and end up getting more of actually what you're after anyways, but then you won't need it, which is when you don't need something, you enjoy so much more, I promise. And that's the whole point of this Consciousness of Work series is so you don't need anything from work, but you can show up and contribute and serve the highest self that you can do based on who you are. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We love hearing from our listeners. And we heard from Kelsey just recently and Hallie's gonna share what she had to say. Yeah, so Kelsey said this podcast obviously talking about our podcast. This podcast sets you on a fulfilling path towards channeling your purposeful drive and actions, inspiring growth and building success in business and in your personal life. Everyone has something to learn from Adam and his mindful mission to help you connect on another level of spirituality. Highly recommend. Yeah, so this is why we do what we do on this podcast is to reach people like Kelsey and, and hopefully make an impact big or small in their life. So if you like what we're talking about on the podcast, feel free to share it with somebody and um, leave a review for us. We'd appreciate it.